of Armbar, the 1004th Wrestling Podcast. I'm Todd Suliano, zooming through the internet as per usual with old Colt Dixon over here. And today we're giving you a great podcast because we don't really know what we're going to talk about, but we are going to talk about some stuff. And the first thing I want to talk about real quick is Brodus Clay. Oh yeah, he's the new NWA's World's Heavyweights Champions. He, he, <laughs> he is the champion of the world. Man. That's a uh, somebody. I saw somebody today tweet. They were like, "This is God." I mean, this literally has to be the worst world champion that I mean that the NWA's ever had. Like, he's got to be the worst NWA world champion. I mean, like ever. No question. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Uh, there we go. See, this is our podcast topic. We're ready to go, man. Because we can just pull up the list. <laughs> I mean, like the grand scheme of like terrible NWA champions. I mean, is Tyrus really worse than like Ric Flair? <laughs> in what way? And and sexual harassment? Because Tyrus definitely has a sexual harassment oh, face yeah, against true. him with Fox News. That's true. <laughs> has he ever like helicoptered dick on an airplane though? Uh, uh, probably. Probably. Who knows? Oh yeah, he's probably better than um Dick O'Hutton. I bet he was a real piece of shit. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I generally do think by worst. I don't think they meant by worst person because certainly every one of these guys that was a wrestler in the 60s were pedophiles. Um, but um, I would say that they meant worst wrestler in like between the ropes, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like Pat O'Connor was champion for 903 days, apparently. That, that's just boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? What What do you think his finisher was? Pat O'Connor. <laughs> um, yeah, I imagine he probably did not have one. I assume a 450. Well, it looks like it was cancer, according to his Wikipedia page. Oh, that's cause of death. I'm sorry. Why was that on there? <laughs> I don't need to know that. <laughs> oh, Christ. This is a good one tonight. All right, so I did not know that... Bruno San Martino is a former NWA champion, kind of. Yeah, wasn't it some kind of weird? Or I don't, I don't know. I've he said he held it for less than one day because he won it on August second, nineteen sixty-two, defeating Buddy Rogers in Toronto, but refused to accept the title because Rogers had wrestled with an injury. The NWA considers Rogers' reign to last until Luthes, even though Buddy Rogers lost it to Killer Karlowski, who held it for 425 days but apparently the title is not recognized as a reign hmm. and then Bruno held it and then Bobo Brazil even though that one's not recognized apparently and Buddy Rogers and then Buddy Rogers and then Luthes so interesting yeah, I, I, thought, I just I <laughs> Bobo Brazil's was recognized 
Yeah, I don't. Um, I think that's why Ron Simmons was the first uh, Black World Champion, right? I guess so. How could he have a 425 day? Or no, that's why Ron Killings was the first Black NWA World Champion. Holy shit! Yeah, that's what it was. Because Ron, yeah, Farouk uh, was like the WCW champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't the NWA. That's right. How can you have a 425 day reign and it not be recognized? Some real shenanigans. I think it said, it said it was only recognized in some states, such as Texas. Oh, that interesting. I bet some of the other states he it wasn't recognized in was maybe because they were segregated. <laughs> what year was it? No, I mean Killer Kowalski's reign. Oh, Killer Kowalski. Yeah, oh, I'm Bobo sorry. I thought we were still talking about Bobo. Bobo Brazil says he held it held it for 73 days. Oh. Killer Kowalski had a 425. That's like an outlaw reign. That's so weird. Do you think he like cheated to win it and they didn't certify it or something? Probably. Or people just hated him. That's weird, man. Like the Carlos Colon won it because Ric Flair apparently was afraid to lose in Puerto Rico. And oh, yeah. It says that Ric Flair won it back January 10th, 1983, after losing it January 6th. And it says this was a fictional match. This title change is not recognized by the NWA. <laughs> I love fictional matches. Some great ones. Of course, the Intercontinental title being the best one. Then, you know, you had um, the Luthezes, the Buddy Rogers, the Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, the, the Ric Flairs. My uh, my wrestling school teacher, Nightmare Ken Wayne, um, who's rotting in jail. Actually, uh, he's out of jail. Is he? I didn't. Okay. Well, um, he then he served his time. Um, he... Uh, referee to Luthez match once he told me that I thought that was kind of interesting so in some way I'm like uh, like three degrees away from Luthez well <laughs> that's the, pretty cool right the guy who always had my back in New Bern uh, Motley Cruz wrestled Ric Flair once that's pretty cool too <laughs> man but, well, you know, uh, Shane Douglas won the title August 27th in 1994 held it for less than a day because uh you know, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Luthez, they can all kiss his ass. You know, Shane Douglas isn't going to take the title from a company that died R.I.P. seven years ago. <laughs> He's going to become the new ECW World Heavyweight Champion. That's right. And by new, I mean this happened 18 years ago. Or 28 years ago, not 18 shit. 18 years ago, 2004. Fuck. Yeah, man, it's been a long time since uh, Shane Douglas did that. Time marches on, as a Halloween, Chris Jericho's favorite band said. I would like to tell you the champions of the NWA since Shane Douglas won and then took it and got rid of it. I bet there's some cool ones in there. After Shane Douglas, it was vacated, and then there was a tournament which concluded in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where Chris Candido defeated Tracy's mothers in the tournament. In the finals to win the title. Hmm, okay. He held, it, he held it for three months and then he lost it to Dan Severn, who, <laughs> fam- right. who famously had it for almost 1500 days throughout the 90s. Yeah, and he would show up on Raw with it, right? Yeah. yeah. And he lost a- it. In and, Yoko- and sorry, specifically at his UFC bouts, too. Yes. Sorry, I just remembered that. That's so badass. Sorry. He lost it in Yokohama, Japan to. Noyoa Ogawa, I think is how you say that name. 
Hmm. I bet that was a cool match. 195 days, and then he lost it to Gary Still, who held it for a week, and then he lost it again to Nagawa, or Ogawa, hmm. excuse me, who held it for 274 days. And then um. Mike Rapata, who defeated Jerry Flynn in a tournament final. Huh? Legendary WCW jobber Jerry Flynn was in the finals for the NWA championship. Wait, but how did Ogawa lose it? It was to... vacated. Oh, I saw. I missed that. Okay. Yes. Well, that's interesting. And then Sabu won it and held it for 38 days. And then Mike Rapata, whatever, won Love it him. again and held it for 123 days. And Excuse me. Then... When did Sabu win the NWA heavyweight title? Sorry, I just November realized November 14th, that... 2000. He was gone from ECW at that point. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I thought it would be in like 2003, maybe, oh. or something. And then Steve Carino won it, held it for 172 days. Hell yeah. And Steve Carino lost the title. It was held up, excuse me, after he was unable to compete due to a head injury sustained in the match against Shinya Hashimoto, Oof. who won the match and then lost to Dan Severn, who held it for 80 days. And then it was vacated because he refused to make a defense of the championship on the inaugural NWA total nonstop action pay-per-view. Oh, that's right. Man, I forgot Dan Severin was a two-time NWA champion. That's so funny. And then Ken Shamrock won it. I was a very happy 12-year-old because I was a huge Ken Shamrock mark. <laughs> and then Ron Killings beat Shamrock, and I was very happy 12-year-old because I was a gigantic K-Crush mark from MCW. Right, right. I So I, all of these are a little more familiar to me because they were actually on TV. Yeah, it's crazy because like Ron Killings won it twice. Two-time yeah, NWA champion. That's why it pisses me off that he never got like a serious run in the WWE because he's such a badass yeah. and like such a hell of a cool wrestler. And they always made him such a goon, except for that like run where they built him up to lose to my main man, John Cena. The The second time he won it, I remember being so fucking excited about that. And I thought it was the coolest thing because it seemed like they were going to give him a push. Yeah. And he won it when he was like teaming with Conan and, and Road Dog and Three Life Crew. Yeah, they ruled. And, and it was a huge thing that he won, and he held it for two weeks. That's so lame. Who did he, lo- who did he lose it to? Was it He beat AJ Styles in a four-way against Chris Harris and Raven, and then lost it to good old Double J. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I, looking at this, I can tell you exactly, exactly why Chris, why uh, Jeff Jarrett won. He, he lost it, or he won it in the King of the Mountain match. But he won it on TNA's 100th weekly pay per view. Oh, no, I see. There's no fucking way they didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. And then that's when his reign of terror started, where he, he held it for almost a year. Yeah, the greatest run in history. And <laughs> AJ Styles beat him, and then Raven beat AJ. And I was so fucking happy for Raven. But Raven's entire reign was on TNA's website because they didn't have a TV deal at the time. Man, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. That's sad. Yeah, they were between. They had. He wanted, and I think he was only on. I can't remember if they were still on Fox Sports when he won it, or if they were already off the air and they were waiting on Spike to pick him up, or they were waiting on a new deal. And when they, when they were starting on Spike, they did a thing where Jeff Jarrett beat Raven at a house show in Canada to win the title so that on Spike, Jeff Jarrett would be champion instead of Raven because they thought that looked better for the network, network executives. 
<laughs> Jeff, my main man Jeff stays winning. I'm so happy for him. He's gonna be on the pay per view. Yeah, we'll gear. we'll get into that later. Sorry, spoilers. The last, do you know who the last NWA champion recognized by TNA is? I don't recall. Was it Sting? No, AJ. It is Christian Cage. Oh fuck, that's right. Technically, Kurt Angle won it. It's sacrifice uh, four months after Kristen won it. However, that uh, it says TNA didn't initially recognize the vacancy of Kristen being stripped of the championship when NWA ended its business agreement with TNA. So Kurt Angle is technically the very first uh, TNA World Heavyweight Champion, but they have him listed as the last NWA champion in TNA's run, even though he was not recognized as NWA champion ever. Very interesting. And then it goes Adam Pierce, Brent Albright, Adam Pierce, Blue Demon Jr., Adam Pierce, Colt Cabana. And I was so fucking happy for Colt Cabana. I'm so proud of him. And then he lost it to the Sheik in the shittiest mat like thing they've ever done. The, the Sheik was Sheik was va- stripped of the title. Adam the Pierce Sheik won. like the was he was he like super old, I guess, obviously. No, it was not the Sheik Sheik. Oh. He is uh Apparently, he is currently in MLW as a uh-huh. member of Contra Unit with Jacob Fatu, Simon Gotch, and Akuro Kwan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that faction. I'm, I'm familiar with that. I didn't know he was in that. Okay. Hmm. And then Kokabana won it a second time, held it for 104 days. Fuck yeah. Then Adam Pierce, Kahagas. I don't know how the fuck you say that dude's name. Rob Conway. Oh. Rob Conway won it, and it was pretty funny. He started, I remember. Like, he started defending the title in, like, New Bern, Tennessee and shit, because, like, where I used to wrestle in New Bern, they became an NWA affiliate years after I stopped wrestling there. So, like, he would come and, like, wrestle the local guys occasionally. Yeah, I remember seeing posters for that and seeing on the internet that he was, like, the champ, and I was just yeah. baffled by that, because I remembered him as the just-look-at-me guy. Then... Rob Con- uh, Kojima won it for 149 days. Fuck yeah. I, I don't remember that. <laughs> That's cool. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta check this because it says he won it at Wrestle Kingdom 8. I gotta see if that... Holy shit, Rob Conway wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that match is actually on... Um... I think it's actually on in Japan, new NJPW World. If you want to watch it sometime, I would love to watch it. <laughs> Let's we can live review it right now. That is just the strangest. That that's like the biggest match of his life. Let me double check. That's he never wrestled that. at WrestleMania. That's the by far the biggest match of his career. That's pretty badass. I mean, I will take it. I would take it if I was him. That's pretty fucking cool. Yes, Google. I had my password saved in Google. Fuck yeah, I'm so smart. Uh, Tim Storm. Nick Aldis, Cody. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, uh, no, wrong. Sorry, I was not there for that. That was it all in. Yes, Nick Aldis again at NWA's seventieth anniversary show. That's the one you were at, I believe. I was there for that. That's correct. Yeah. Then he held it for three years, and then Trevor Murdoch won it, and then Matt Cardona, and then it was vacated. Trevor Murdoch again, and then Tyrus. Man. All that to say, uh, he's the worst one. Yeah. I mean, is he better than Jax Dane? Who knows? 
Did I lie? Is Rob Conway? Yes, he is. Yeah, Rob Conway's on New Japan World. Nick Aldis defeated uh, Tim Storm at Cage of Death 19 to win the title, by the way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I realized that. That's too funny. That's the weirdest thing. Speaking of NWA, Billy Corgan has said that the NWA will offer more stuff like the main event of Hard Times 3 moving forward. Oh. And, and said, uh, where is it? Don't watch NWA if you don't want to see stuff like the main event of Hard Times 3. And that seems like the biggest, well, that's not a problem thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. That's fine, buddy. Oh, Holly, Harley Race is on this show. Holy shit. They flew Harley Race to Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> Definitely for that NWA match. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, here. Uh, I'll, here. Let me... Okay. So let me show it to you real quick. Look. Look, there he is. It, on screen is Harley Race in a suit. Uh, he's got a cane. Uh, Tiger Hattori is next to him, and he's being confronted by a manager whom I don't recognize, I, a white guy. That must be Rob Conway's manager. I'm definitely going to have to watch that at some point. <laughs> yeah. So I'm but, drinking uh, these truly holiday... Seltzers, holiday party, I think it's what they call it, the new holiday seltzers. And I had, I just holiday. finished Berry Bramble style, and it's pretty good. Now I'm drinking Holiday Sangria style, and this one is fucking delicious. Yeah, you sent me, they, you sent me that picture of them. They looked, uh, they looked good. They really did. This is really fucking good. I think it was last year, Bud Light put out seltzers for the holidays, and one of them was eggnog. And I did not try it. I ref- absolutely refused to. Man, that sounds nasty as hell. <laughs> like, do you remember? I don't know if you ever saw them or not, but uh, back in the day, like Jones Soda would put out holiday sodas, and there'd be like turkey and dressing, cranberry sauce, antacid, and like mashed potatoes flavor. Oh yeah, I do remember those. I always wanted to try them, but I was never brave enough. I they... did. I did. I'm, I miss Jones Sodas. <laughs> they were fun in college. Yeah, they were cool. I think the only place I could ever find them was like World Market, and that place closed years ago. Oh man, the Kroger in uh, Jackson, Tennessee had them. It wasn't hard to find them at all. It's awesome. But yeah, I mean, Billy Corgan is. It, I don't. It's weird. Like he's he had, he's had to go on tour with Smashing Pumpkins just to fund the NWA. Like he's admitted to that. It's so interesting. Too. And then what's so funny, I, I always forget, is that he kind of got backdoored back into, into, not back into, back into wrestling from TNA. He was a fucking writer there. He was like yeah, a producer. He was, he was uh, supposed to buy the company. And then I think Dixie pulled it from out of him or something, or like she went behind his back and sold it to Anthem or some shit. I believe, yeah, something like that. He was pretty mad about it. I remember. It's interesting, though, to see like, what he's done with NWA, like what what could he have done with Impact? Well, that's so. And what's so interesting is like a lot of his Impact era stuff. I remember people look back on fondly. I don't think I watched um really much of it. Maybe I maybe I saw some of it, but I don't, I, I, mean, I know it always got good reviews and stuff. My theory isn't that people liked it more so than they liked the fact that he was able to get licensed music. 
<laughs> well, I think he was doing some like cool like backstage stuff. That was when he like that was like a lot of the Rosemary Crazy Steve like cinematic stuff. I think he was trying new things. I mean, the cinematic stuff like he could have started like started, but I mean, Jeremy Borash was the one directing all that. Well, sure, but I mean, just like he was the one who you know greenlit some of that stuff. He seemingly had progressive ideas for wrestling anyway. I, I doubt he ever politically had any, but um, and so. I don't know. It's it is interesting. But you know, what's that's what's so funny. I think as humans, we expect somebody who's done something great wants to continue to be able to do that. And and that's not always possible. I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> you know, like some what if a wrestler just stops being good or yeah. you know, it, it can happen or somebody stops booking well or you know or loses their touch they you know like comedians frequently become unfunny why can't that happen to wrestlers and things like that i mean michael richards became unfunny with one huge outburst yeah and then hulk hogan decided to do the same thing except his was a little more secret but still didn't i mean dog the bounty hunter did the same thing oh yeah forgot about that trash bag Wow, a lot of but cool people. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about Billy Corgan and the NWA. The Smashing Pumpkins are not a good band. They knew how to pick singles off their albums. Their whole albums are not good. Their greatest <laughs> hits is probably their best album because they knew how to pick singles. That's it. Well, I mean, just the fact that just the sole fact this is what I'm saying. Just the full sole fact that they were able to write at least like a few good songs is impressive in itself. Like I can never write a good song. I don't think I could ever write something like a uh, fucking. I can't even name one of the goddamn songs, but you know, bullet with butterfly wings. Yeah, just get really sad and emo in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, well, I, even then I couldn't write those cool riffs. But, you gotta have you know. a really whiny voice when you sing too. Yeah, it's uh, he never looks like what he sounds like, and I love his stage costumes too. What a guy! What a fella! He must be so interesting. I never forget when like Smash Pumpkins got back together in like 2011, maybe it was like their first reunion tour in however many years, and it was just like him and the guitarist were the only original members back. But they like wow. had built it up as if it was like a reunion tour. Wasn't there a thing where he like played here at the uh, either is it like either at a festival or maybe it was like the New Daisy or the Orpheum or something and he yeah, got he, like pissed off and like quit early? He played at Music Fest. I, I didn't hear that he quit early, but I, I heard a rumor about that. Maybe I'm making something up or con- conflating him with somebody else who got pissed off and <laughs> left early at Music Fest because that has happened before. Oh yeah. So I don't know if you've been keeping up with. Um... The fact that Bret Hart these days just seems to want to talk <laughs> about whatever, and then he'll just mention how much he hates Bill Goldberg. Yeah, he's he's like doing a full bit at this point. I respect it. I think it's very funny. <laughs> what a guy. I thought I saw a ghost go behind me in my webcam, but it was just a reflection of my chair. And Road Dog Jesse James recently said that he was a better sports entertainer than Bret Hart. Man. And I don't know if you... If you um, if you read what Shawn Michaels said about Bret Hart recently. Was this for Shawn Michaels said he was the Joker? Yeah. <laughs> and he said that um, he said that he was the Joker to Bret Hart's Batman and said that Bret was a better wrestler, but he was a better performer. And I don't disagree with that. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's actually a pretty accurate read. I, I think that that's fine. Shawn Michael is probably the greatest WWE wrestler of all time because he he was what Vince McMahon wanted a WWE wrestler to be like charismatic and yeah. over and could wrestle. Yeah, I was only laughing because I was picturing uh, Vince McMahon's like fawning voice on commentary. <laughs> Shawn Michael! Like, could you imagine if if uh, Hulk Hogan could move his hips like Shawn Michaels could in the 90s? Like, he would have had a 10,000 day title reign. <laughs> or if Shawn Michaels had like the bulk of Hulk Hogan but could move like Shawn Michaels. And, yeah. <laughs> And if it, you know, if only he had slightly less attitude problems. You know what? I'm just, you know what? That's actually not true. That's the reason why he was perfect. That's because he was a piece of shit. But he was an overall better performer. I do agree with that. I mean, like, there's, there's things like Brett could have never done. Like, I mean, like all this, all the goofy skits and all the angles and things like that. Like, Brett never could pull stuff off like that. Brett could cut like really heartfelt, great promos. I mean, he could, and he could cut some great heel promos, like the '97 Brett. Canada shit, yeah. pro Canada. I mean, he's great, but I mean, I guess he. I mean, you. Know, I guess he got acting chops, you know, because he did Lonesome Dove. But I just never felt like he was like the character Sean was for stuff like that. There's a. Uh, I gotta try to pull it up. Five days ago was the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob, and it was yeah. also the. Uh, it's also the 25th anniversary of the probably the one of the greatest promo videos WWE's ever put out, and it is uh, it's of the first Attitude Era promo, and it starts with uh, Ahmed Johnson staring menacingly at the camera, Undertaker on a stair. They're like in an alley or, or in a warehouse. They're talking about how like they're professional athletes. Like Ahmed Johnson is like, I played for the Dallas Cowboys. Ron Simmons is like, my jersey is retired by the Florida State University. I was uh, third in Heisman votes, whatever. And it's about all these like real amazing athletic uh, accomplishments. And then the Undertaker is talking and he goes, I'm six foot 10, 320 pounds. Well, I mean, <laughs> and it's like the most unintentionally funny thing I've ever it's, seen. It's really funny. The implication that that's like an accomplishment. I mean, it is, I guess, technically. The weird thing genetically. about it is they aired this promo for a long time and Bret Hart is in it. Bret Hart is in it quite a bit. Mm. And the night it debuted was the night they fucked Bret Hart over. Man, so fucked up. I really would have liked to have seen him in the WWF in the 90s. He had that 20-year contract, and they pussied out and decided not to pay him and fuck him on his creative control. Cowards. He had to go to WCW and be in the NWO and be in mid-card and then get kicked in the head by that piece of shit Bill Goldberg. (laughs) That's right. God damn it. A lot of people on Reddit were asking why all of a sudden... Bret Hart seemingly hates Goldberg again. Because like a few years ago, they were they were on good enough terms that they were like posing for pictures together and everything. Yeah. And what people were saying and they're speculating, and I seem I can honestly see this being a reason why he's all of a sudden hating on Goldberg again. 
is because he he's never gotten over the fact that Goldberg ended his career. Like, how could you? You're Bret Hart. You can't get over something like that. Yeah. And he was finally at peace with how his career ended. He was at peace in his life. And he was at peace with the fact that he had an amazing career up to that kick. And then the past few years, Bill Goldberg has won the world title twice. He's main evented pay-per-views. He's been wrestling on WWE. And then he sees he sees Goldberg drop one of his close friends, Undertaker, on his head during a <laughs> jackhammer. Like wrestling the same way he wrestled 22 years ago, but now he's like 22 years older. And people are speculating that seeing that and seeing how Goldberg is still wrestling now and still being treated as a big deal, how he could be thinking, if I never got kicked in the head by that piece of shit, Bill Goldberg, I I would probably still be, I would, I could be where he is. I could be the one being invited to wrestle once a year, WrestleMania, Saudi Arabia, get paid millions of dollars for that. I mean, he very well could still be wrestling. I guess nobody ever fucking retires because I heard Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to do another the, match the, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's coming back. The thing about <laughs> Bret Hart, though, is that apparently when he wrestled Vince McMahon at WrestleMania 26, I think it was, that was actually supposed to be a wrestling match. It wasn't supposed to be the shitty show that we got. I'm so goddamn bad. Like he was well enough that he could have actually wrestled a match, but Lloyd's of London stepped in and said that if he takes anything that looks like a bump, they're going to sue. Because when he got when he got uh, low blowed by Vince kicking the kicking the balls on Raw, they they looked at that as if he was wrestling again, and they like put like apparently I think it was like they filed a lawsuit against him and the WWE. So he was not allowed to wrestle because of his insurance, but he apparently could have had it not been for the insurance. Man, that's crazy. The insurance companies are terrible. <laughs> he should have done it anyway. <laughs> what a legend. He should have taken a bump. Yeah, like the rumors we... like that this year of like Shibata going in, <laughs> in for himself, into business for himself, supposedly. Yeah. So it's like, no, I, I doubt he fucking did. No, but Brett should have. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Actually, that would have been cool, and I totally endorse that. But yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, Stone Cold's gonna wrestle again. So that means he, is, are they gonna? Is he gonna wrestle CM Punk? Is that's gonna happen? Is that I, because I CM Punk's so. pissed off at AEW? They're gonna buy out his contract, and then they're gonna make Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle him. As long as they bring in the Chicago Pitbull A still, also, <laughs> so he can drop an F bomb on Raw yeah. this time. That's what, what a guy. People like, people like love the fact that Ace Steel's AEW career was he did a badass promo with Punk, dropped a dropped an F bomb, and then bit somebody and was fired. So fucking funny. It was so weird. It felt like a, a sports movie. The promo he cut. He got out there. He got this. They got out in the crowd. He okay, dropped he an F bomb. It was a fucking Mickey and Rocky promo. <laughs> yeah, it was preposterous. Absolutely preposterous. And then this motherfucker gets mad, bites somebody. <laughs> Gets fired. It's so funny, and then Punk gets pissed off too. At just nothing. What a crazy person. That's so, too bad. I'm so bummed out, dude. Him being champion right now, being a heel to MJF turning face, they're like slowly doing the double turn would have been glorious, dude. It would have been so cool. And then Full Gear's a new work. 
Are you kidding me? So CM Punk, CM Punk not being in AEW anymore, leads me to a pretty big question. I feel, and this is this is a question that was on people's minds and people assumed would happen the day Punk debuted. So I'm going to ask you: Do you think AJ Lee is still going to be in AEW? <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, she'll. We'll get the all elite graphics soon. I bet she debuts and uh, attacks Paige at full gear. At sorry, Soraya, Soraya, Soraya. Yeah, Soraya. If you can't remember her name, just it's her mom's wrestling name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I watched her wrestle on a GCW show, or and she was very foul. <laughs> I, I. So I didn't know this. I don't know any history about it. About it, but apparently back in the day, Paige's dad. And he had a partner. And when they would do indie shows in England, they would dress up as the Legion of Doom, like wear shoulder pads, wear the face paint, just so they could sell uh, Road Warrior Hasbro action figures at the gimmick table after the show. That whips so much ass, dude. <laughs> yeah, because the UK had like a lot of those. I've seen the posters all the time of like the Hulk Hogan, and it'll be in quotes, and there'll be a picture of this guy that looks passably like Hogan if you're like squinting and or drunk. <laughs> And you've never seen him before on television, like the tiniest TV. You don't realize that his name was Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Yeah, it's genius. Honestly, I respect the hustle. (laughs) It's pro wrestling. Um, Ric Flair has randomly recently started calling out JBL on Twitter over bullying allegations. Oh, I saw that. That was weird. No one really has Ric Flair's back in this whole thing. Not because people are defending JBL, but people are just like, hey, pot, like, why are you calling the kettle black here? And yeah, that was saying, hey, someone's gonna ask Teddy Long if Ric Flair's a bully. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, for real, though. Yeah, I, I, it's, it was baffling. It's one of those things to me where I was just, where I saw it and I was like, you know what? Who cares? Who gives a shit? And I just like moved on. I didn't even feel like reacting to it. Whatever. This does this is meaningless. He's he's a sad old man. I bought his pay-per-view. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone, Rick. <laughs> I do think it's weird that um Rick Flair is like calling out WWE management nowadays when the management is like led by like the the creative department is led by the person who pretty much gave rick flair a second run in wrestling yeah that was like the sob story rick would always tell in those documentaries he'd be like triple h you know i did i was ready to hang up my boots and triple h told me what a great champion i was and how he looked up to me and that reignited a fire in my ass and i got back out there if rick flair was uh like if he if he maintained how he was doing in WWE before evolution and evolution never happened he would have like he he very well could have just gotten released. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they 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 would release random people all the time. Like he was just wrestling random matches on Raw, no feuds, just in a match. That was it. Yeah, because yeah, I think that that's what I was talking about. This is that this is probably that era where he was like I was aimless until Triple H, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean. The, the the match that made people like see that he was still a big deal was when Triple H was awarded the world title and he wrestled Ric Flair that night. 
and they had a great match. Forgot about that match. I've actually never watched it. Their cage match at uh, Cyber Sunday was good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. So, you know, they say only three things in life are certain. Death. Taxes. And if there's a wrestling company on national TV, Jeff Jarrett will show up on it at some <laughs> yes. point. Yes, yes. <laughs> he... It's unbelievable to me that he also appeared on Raw. And he was in the Rumble, too. That's crazy. Too bad he didn't have the pull to come out to my world on Raw. Presumably he did not do that. But he did on Dynamite. He sure fucking did. I was so happy. It it bothered me. His um, most recent WWE run, if you want to call it that. Because anytime he would come out on TV, he would come out to his, like, 1995 Theme oh, song. they he didn't would... even let him use his like slap nuts theme or whatever. That no, sucks. They, I mean, they didn't let him use his WCW Kid Rock ripoff. They didn't let him use his 98 99 Hill Run theme. Sad. And that's the one I fucking wanted to hear. But now, hearing my world on national television again, it's just like some, there's just something really amazing about that because that was a great fucking song. It's never taking me knew, back. Never knew what they said in the song. Except for my world, my world. <laughs> I'll uh, uh, I'll never. I'm forever vindicated for booking Jeff Jarrett on my um, TNA versus ROH uh, creative wrestler, um, like No Mercy mod, <laughs> uh, Efed. I would my. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again because it's relevant. Maybe we have new listeners, <laughs> um, and they haven't turned it off by now. I used to run an Efed and. One of the characters, one of the guys, just like on a forum, he was like doing an open challenge gimmick. He would call it open court challenge because he was like a basketball guy. <laughs> he was That's, very cool. That, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, he, I think his finisher was like the black hole slam or the boss man slam, and it was <laughs> like a slam dunk. Um, and he had a choke slam too, I think. But anyway at the pay-per-view i had jeff jarrett come out previously it'd been like jobbers but then like jeff jarrett came out and i'm like edited in my world to the video and then i simulated the match and jeff won after two strokes and i just left it in <laughs> i um uh, i found jeff jarrett's tna uh theme song lyrics on original t oh yeah that really took the wind out of that guy's sails he had to like cut a really <laughs> goofy promo <laughs> the, the lyrics are this earth is not your place. The pale skin is on your face. If you step inside with me, you will see a king. He ain't dead. He is Jeff. Don't want to hear your big mouth talk in my world. Time to leave my mark in my world. Now in the cold and the dark, my world. Time to leave my mark in my world. Now in the cold and the dark, my world. I get high, low pain. Welcome to the who's insane. Hold your lies and accusations. Don't mind you to your situations. And then it's the my world. Uh, the chorus again. again, yeah. Okay. Those are some nonsensical lyrics if I've ever heard any. I actually didn't. I never. I never knew the song actually referenced to Jeff by his own name. I didn't know he was in the that, song. That's just a funny lyric. You will see a king. He ain't dead. He is Jeff. <laughs> he is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Dunham. <laughs> No, Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain. Oh. Why is he the king of the mountain? I don't get that. He won that match. No, but he invented that match too, but 
Yeah, but oh, he won it. Like Undertaker is all was known as Hell in a Cell because he invented the match. Mankind was known as coming <laughs> to the ring, boiler room brawl. Mankind. I see. I see. That's right. I forgot about these. Stone Cold was known as Submission Match Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Ref- guest referee Ken Shamrock match. Bret Hart was known as Oh, sorry, guest enforcer. Bret the Hitman. His career was ended too short because he got kicked in the head about a piece of shit. Bill Goldberg, Hart. <laughs> Sad. Sad, indeed. I'm trying to think about what else happened on wrestling this week. I did not watch Rampage. I haven't watched Rampage in a while. There was a fucking hilarious Asuka EO Sky promo in Raw last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, we should have done a live watch of Raw tonight. Man, we really fucked up. Um, I'm just kidding. That, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, I think I what, it. what also helped the fact was the... What, what helped the promo was the fact that the crowd wasn't chanting what during it. Yeah, I was impressed by their restraint. Asuka really has a lot of natural uh, like physical charisma and yeah. the way she, I don't know, handles herself, and performs, and I think that's really great. I mean, like, just oh, that sounded like the dumbest. Uh, what I was going to say is that, you know, engrosses the crowd. She has an ability that not a lot of people have. Yeah, she's just amazing as, as a wrestler and as a promo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I think it's cool that they let her cut promos in Japanese. It's still ridiculous to me. Like I told you about uh, this dude in this group from on Facebook posting about the Dakota Kai EO Sky versus Alexa Bliss and Oscar match, and saying how boring the match was because only two of the wrestlers were good, and that was Alexa and Oscar. <laughs> Interesting. It's like, it's like EO Shirai was is literally considered one of the greatest female wrestlers. Yeah, she's a hell of a wrestler. Oscar. One of the greatest in the world. Yeah. Dakota Kai, really damn fucking good. Alexa Bliss, pretty damn good. It, it's just, it's fucking ridiculous to me that the dude was like Dakota Kai and Eos Kai are not good. It's so funny. Goofy. You just can't listen to these people. You just have to ignore them. They're nothing. They mean nothing to you. It's nothing. They don't. It's more like water off your back. So I want to talk about Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, fuck. Okay. What about him? Or whatever. That's what he did, right? He is doing probably the funniest shit I've ever seen a comedian do on TikTok right now. Oh. Where he he posts videos of him in New York or at the airport, and he's, like, filming, and he'll just, like, turn the camera to a random stranger and will say some shit like, hey, I usually don't like signing autographs for fans, but you know what? You want to take a picture? I'll take a picture. And the person's like, "What? I, I, I didn't. If I looked at you, it was an accident. I don't. I don't. What are you? What are you talking about? I, don't, I. Who are you?" And he's just like, "Hey, you don't have to be starstruck. I and mean, you know who I am. I'll take a photo with you if you want it." And it's just the funniest shit ever because he's like going up to people and making it seem like they were harassing him for pictures, and they just have no idea who he is. And he's doing that on purpose, and he's playing it off as if the person is pretending like they didn't do that. <laughs> It is the funniest shit I've seen on a comedian do. Sounds pretty good. It seems seems pretty good. It's a good way to get his name back out there. Yeah. Build the brand. He's probably got a Netflix special coming out. Or, or HBO or something. So uh, Amazon. 
It's time for America's favorite game, Colt. All right, let's fucking go. It's time for Dubby Energy's favorite game. Oh, that's right, Dubby. Because this game is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Clean energy with no calories, no sugar, no malodextrin, no fillers, and no artificial colors. None of the bad and all of the good. With flavors such as Passion Joy Tea and Dragon Aid, all you have to do is add a scoop to some water and bam, instant energy drink. You like instant energy drinks, don't you, Colt? I love instant energy drinks. You drink 12 a day, don't you? Well, I, I'm not going to say that I drink 12 a day, but maybe like seven a day. Well, did you know that if you use our code ARMBARPOD at checkout, you can save 10% on your order? Nice. 10%. And in, in Tennessee, that's saving sales tax. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a pretty good deal. I think about, I love that. I think about that actually all the time. Yeah, when places are like save 10%, it's like it's sales tax off. Like, yeah. yeah, I shrug. I accept it. Anyway, oh, yeah. Debbie. Go to wenergy.com or w.com. I can't remember what the fuck the website is. Use our code armbarpod and check out. Christ. Hold on. And you can save 10 whole percents. It's w.gg is the website. Oh, That's w. easy w. to remember. w.gg. w.goodgame. Yeah. w.gushinggrandma. <laughs> Use our code armbarpod, armbarpod to save 10%. That is d-u-b-b-y.gg. Use armbar pods to save ten percent on your order today, and we thank them for sponsoring this segment of the show. Even though they don't know this, is the sponsor this is the segment they sponsor. But it's time for America's favorite game. It's guess the pay per view. Ooh, yeah! Rousing ovation from the crowd. Opening contest for the world tag team titles: Eugene and William Regal versus Christian and Tyson Tomko. You have any guesses? Oh, 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 no, not yet, but I'm excited that Tomko is here. Next match world women's title match Lita versus Trish Stratus. Oh, shit. Is this one? Oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Next match for the Intercontinental Championship Shelton Benjamin versus Maven. <laughs> is this. No, it's not. Is it Summers? Slam 2005. It is not SummerSlam 2005. Fuck. Next match for the Intercontinental Championship. Shelton Benjamin versus Maven. Right. They wrestled twice on the show. Oh. (laughs) That's cool. Next match. In a singles match. Muhammad Hassan versus Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Oh my god. Was this Great American Match 2005? This was not Great American Match 2005. Fuck. Next match, singles match. Oh, no, that wouldn't have been. That doesn't make sense. Kane versus Gene Snitsky. Oh my god, I can't. I'm definitely watched this show. I'm so mad about this. And I have a funny Snitsky story to share. I was at a WWE Raw house show with some friends of mine. My friend Jr. Uh, Snitsky was one of his favorite wrestlers at the time for some unknown reason. And Snitsky was wrestling somebody, can't remember who, and he got thrown into the. Turned into the guardrail right in front of us, where front row seats. And JR just yelled out, Snitsky, I like what you do to babies. And Snitsky stopped selling and just looked up and stared at JR for like a good five seconds. <laughs> Man. The next match, main event time. Oh, for shit. The, for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. Special referee, Shawn Michaels. Triple H versus Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho versus Edge versus Batista versus Randy Orton in an elimination chamber. 
Oh, wait, was this SummerSlam 2004? Five? What was this? What the fuck was it? This is New Year's Revolution. This is New Year's Revolution. No, what is this? I have no fucking clue what this is. You want to take, just put in an answer. New Year, New Year's Revolution. What year? 2005. This pay-per-view was held at in San Juan, Puerto Rico. <gasps> was the first of this series of pay-per-views, New Year's Revolution 2005. Oh, I did it. I did watch that show. This pay-per-view had a weird history where the following year was the, I believe it was the only other time this pay-per-view was a thing, 2006. Yeah, uh, and it was bad. <laughs> also featured a Jerry Lawler match. <laughs> Yeah, he this def- he defeated Gregory Hems on that one. Yeah, I remember that because I bought this pay per view, that pay per view as well. Maybe my friend's parents bought the pay per view, and I was very bummed out because I really liked New Year's Revolution. Oh, there was a 2007 one. Was there? Yep, and it was made. It's the one with John Cena versus uh Umaga for the championship. Oh yeah, shit. I don't think I saw that one. I think I was burnt out on um New Year New Year's Revolutions. Yeah, Pull me uh, once. I feel like they should do more. They should have done more pay per views in Puerto Rico because they got a good crowd for 2005. It's like 15,000 people there. Yeah, that would have been cool. They should. I'm surprised they don't. When's the last time they've, they've done one? It was that, that pay per view. Oh, fuck. First and only time. That's why. Before Carlito debuted. Or no, it was after Carlito debuted, but he was on SmackDown. Well, no, he was in this. He was in this uh, chamber match. No, he was on two thousand sixes. No, he was. Oh, you're right. Fuck me. Because I remember watching two thousand sixes, because the final three were Carlito, Chris Masters, and Cena, and I was getting so fucking excited because I thought Chris Masters was going to win the title. Oh wait. Oh shit. Oh, two thousand six was the good one then. That's when uh, John yeah, Cena won, and then Edge oh. cashed in. That's right. I, no, I remember now because I remember the show being pretty bad, and then and and I was like very much looking forward, and then I was so bummed out that John Cena won, but then Edge saved the day and made the show good again. Yeah, the card isn't great for 2006. You got Ric Flair versus Edge, Trish versus Mickey James, Gregory Hounds versus Jerry Lawler, Triple H versus The Big Show, Shelton Benjamin versus Viscera. Oof. Victoria, oh, and it was his Mama Benjamin stuff too. Yeah. Jesus. Victoria versus Tori versus Candice Michelle versus Maria versus Ashley in a Bron Panties gauntlet match. Oh God, embarrassing. And then the Elimination Chamber, and that's when Kurt Angle cut his promo where he said he just doesn't like black people and he can make he'd make Jesus tap out. I couldn't believe that. I was like, what the fuck am I watching after that Braun Panties match? Am I can I watch this show anymore? <laughs> Will my parents find out about this? <laughs> You know what the weirdest thing about the, the Divas era of WWE was? Was the they, Diva search? No, it's that they oh. included Braun Panties matches in the SmackDown games. Oh, yeah. I remember the controls. It was down C, which is the same as the pinning combination, too. <laughs> it's like start the tapping minigame. Listen, I was 13 at one point in time. It was the weirdest shit, though. Don't call me a cartoon fucker. <laughs> 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 right, well, that, that is it for that segment, Colt, you won. Yeah, I love that. The, thankfully, the segment has no rules, <laughs> and I got to go through a whole sto- side story and guess like four times after it was over. But thank you for my victory.
Put it on the wiki, guys. Yeah, put it on our, our fan wiki page. So I was uh, deciding the other day I wanted to look up and see how many matches Ric Flair has had since he retired the first time and how many Mick Foley had since he retired in 2000. And oh, I was, yeah. in my mind, Flair's had more matches than, than Mick Foley, but he hasn't actually. And it's largely because of his TNA run. Mick Foley's TNA run. Oh, yeah. He was pretty active, which was baffling. But since his initial retirement in 2000, he has had 47 matches. Mick Foley has. And that includes the WrestleMania 16 main event because he had retired the month before. Right. Which is always weird to me. And granted, let's see, uh, a few of those have been Royal Rumble matches or just Three of them were Royal Rumble matches. So I don't know if you'd really count those. And his final uh, tag match, he teamed up with Terry Funk and lost to Bob Orton and Roddy Piper at JCW Legends and Icons at the Gathering of the Juggalos in 2011. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, he had a, a... In TNA, he wrestled 23 matches, 22 matches, something like that. Won he the held world a title. That's right. I was about to. Th- I was going to say he held a belt. I didn't realize it was the world title. He held two titles actually. That's there was like the legends title, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he lost the legend title to Mick to Kevin Nash. <laughs> that belt, I'm I'm pretty sure has a pretty funny history. I think Booker T also won it. It's it's just funny that it was like. All these old guys. It was, it was like the WCW old guy belt. Yeah. And then you look at Ric Flair, who since 2008 has only wrestled 17 matches. Which is 30 less than Mick Foley, but at the same time, Ric Flair also had uh, a, a little lengthy run of matches in TNA. He... Beat Jay Lethal, or he lost to Jay Lethal. Or no, he did beat Jay Lethal, didn't he? His TNA matches, he lost to Sting. He lost in a uh, Lethal Lockdown. He beat AJ Styles and Matt Hardy in a triple threat match. Huh. He beat Doug Williams. He lost to Matt Morgan. He beat Mick, or he lost to Mick Foley. Flair <laughs> versus Matt Morgan is a really funny match. The weird thing about that is that match went eight minutes and the triple threat with AJ and Matt Hardy went five minutes. Oof. He lost to Kurt Angle. He beat Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal beat him. He lost to Rick to Abyss. He and AJ lost to Abyss and Hulk Hogan. They again lost to Abyss and Hulk Hogan. He lost to Hogan. He lost to Hogan. He lost to Hogan. He lost to Hogan. Hogan. But those last four wrong Hogan's like Hulkamania runs wild. House show tour in Australia. Oh, right. And if you look at the card for those those matches, I mean, goddamn. Like, you had Sean Morley versus the Godfather, who at the time wrestled as the Pimp Father. That's brutal. Uh, Eugene versus Heidenreich. Like, come on, goddammit. Orlando Jordan versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Good God. That's terrible. And I always kind of liked Orlando Jordan. Or, you know, I found him. He was okay. 
in what was probably one of the two only good matches on the show. Shannon Moore defeated uh, Spartan 3000, who was Matt Cross, in a $25,000 ladder match. Oh. Uh, the co-main event, Mr. Anderson defeated Uso Fatu, also known as Umaga. Oh, wow. And I would assume that Umaga was still able to work really well at that point. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't think I, really I realized wanted... that he did shows. Like, after... I forgot he got released or something like that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, he he did a few. Uh, like, he wrestled... He got He got released in... June 2009, his last match was November 2009. He had five matches in those five months. And then he passed away in uh, December 2009. Damn. So sad. Yeah. He was a fu- he was fucking really good. I used to I used to love watching him in uh, Memphis Championship Wrestling when he and Rosie were the Island Boys. Nice. That's pretty cool. Wish I could have seen some of those. Yeah, we go. They had a really good feud with uh, Charlie and Russ Haas when they were the Haas brothers. Oh, hell yeah. Man, bad. And they also, they, um, I went to a WWE show September 18th, 2001. And I only remember that because it was a week after 9 11. It was a SmackDown taping. And I believe it was that show. You had uh, the Haas brothers versus the Island Boys in a dark match, and also Just Incredible versus Kid Cash in a dark match. Oh shit, Kid Cash! And that match had a, a ton of ECW chance, obviously. Yeah, naturally. But yeah, I I don't have anything else to talk about. Do you? Uh, nope, not really. I built. Oh, this is all coming from my new PC. I built a new P- PC. Do I sound better? Do I sound different? I probably sound the same because I didn't do any like audio stuff. You sound younger. Oh, thank you. So it was thirteen years younger. It was a lot of work because I planned my cables poorly. Uh, Learn from me and plan a little bit better, but it's okay. That's cool. I'm excited to have it. it runs nice. I haven't really had a lot of chance to play it because I've had a busy weekend. I've been working because <laughs> it's. It was we recorded on Monday. I mean, you didn't have that busy weekend. You went to like an Evil Dead show. We also did uh, painted though, painted the house, though. painted oh, the room you? though. Yeah, we painted a room in the house. What but like? Uh, uh, like a teal, like oh. a cool, like a greenish teal. It's pretty cool. But um, We're yeah, the Evil Dead. Painting our bedroom uh, purple right now. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Evil Dead. It was a cool show. It was cool. Um, it's over. It's literally over at the time of recording, and it. It will definitely be over by the time it's released, but it was a good show. I have a nice little community production of uh, Evil Dead, the musical, which is like a a show written. I don't know who wrote it. Uh, I guess a couple of years ago, I did a little bit of research because I'd never heard of it. Was that but... John Apatow? I'm pretty sure. No, I, I highly doubt that. No, I think it was just like some probably some dumb, the- goofy theater slash Evil Dead nerds. But it had some cool music and uh, there was like blood effects created by uh, like uh, super soakers with like Red blood. I like blood, fake blood. It's fun. It's cute. It like combines Evil Dead 1 and 2 in like a sort of a fourth wall breaky, goofy musical. I don't know. It was cute. Awesome. Funny. I liked it. it. 
It was actually at uh, Old Theater Works, uh, oh, cool. which is over in Overton Square. It's like yeah. their little one. It was it was a New Moon Theater, which is like a smaller company. That's yeah, cool. I know where that is. Yep. Yeah, sounds cool. Uh, pretty soon, if we can get it figured out, we're gonna try to do some stuff on Twitch. Yeah. Where we're playing against each other, like No Mercy and WCW Revenge, and I was thinking about doing the. There's a there's a mod of virtual pro wrestling too. It's called like Veeam or Freem or something, but it, it like mods in everybody from like no mercy and night and WCW revenge as well. Not everybody, awesome. but like all the cool people Yeah, like with all their move sets and stuff, obviously not entrances, but you know, it's it, all the wrestling stuff's cool and they look exactly like that's know. awesome. That's it's I was trying to figure out how to do the, modded version of no mercy where people had like updated rosters and shit but i could never figure it out oh yeah well this one's like a way simpler it's a lot of those yeah they're way hard because the because they were like um like weird texture stuff with like the emulator but this one yeah. was just like an actual rom hack so it's like it was way easier to apply yeah um, that's cool. uh, we're gonna yeah. ho- hopefully test this out in the next few days because I'm not doing shit for the next three days because my wife is going out of town and I'm just gonna be bored as shit from 7 p.m. to when I go to bed. Nice. It's not. Well. I'm gonna be bored as a fuck. Well, don't be too sad, fella. Little uh, fella. I'm gonna be. Anywho, for Arn Bard 1004th Wrestling Podcast, I'm Todd Zuliano. And I'm Colt Cartoon Fucker Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> See you cool kids later. <laughs>